You know, as we think about the words of Jesus, in a moment we're going to go back to that section of Scripture in Luke chapter 7. Over the last number of minutes that we have together this morning, though, I want to share a message with you that I've entitled, A Compassion Collision. A Compassion Collision. Now, how many of us recognize collisions are usually things that we try to avoid? Right? We, we avoid collisions, whether it's walking through a crowd, whether it's driving our car, uh, we want to avoid collisions. But I know for me, when I was in late elementary school, I was at the Puyallup Fair and I finally eclipsed the day that I was tall enough to jump on the bumper cars. Anybody love the bumper cars? And I learned something important that day about the human condition. There's basically two types of people that exist in this world. And it's seen how we engage with bumper cars. There are people who are avoiders. Can you say avoiders? Okay, these are the people who they get on a bumper car and they think the goal of the game is to avoid getting hit by anybody else. These are faithful followers of Jesus. These are people who get it. These are people who live with a sense of peace and security in their lives. Then there's another group of people, when they join the the game of bumper cars, uh, these people are in need of redemption, of rescue, of healing, of, of maybe, you know, some, some help. These are the, the wreckers. Can you say wreckers? There's two types of people that exist in the world. You can divide them. It's, it's wreckers and avoiders. And I remember my first time on the bumper cars, I was convinced, okay, I'm going to get in the car, and the goal of the game is to not get hit. So I jump in the car, I buckle the seatbelt, which, by the way, in bumper cars does nothing for you. (laughs) I remember looking at the steering wheel, it's got a big pad, I'm like, hopefully I don't need that. But uh, the, the clock counts down, we all take off, and I'm spending the first few minutes avoiding wanting any type of collision with somebody else. And pretty soon, somebody hits the back end of my car, I spin out, and for some reason, my car won't go. I'm a sitting duck. And I look across the way, again, I'm late elementary school, I look across the way, and there's this high school, it looks like a man, Pretty sure he had a neck tat, I don't know. But he's looking at me, his eyes are all big, and he just slams on the gas. And I'm just thinking, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, I'm, I'm ready to die. Why? Because I'm an avoider, and I can't avoid what's heading my direction. I'm about to collide with what appears to be a wrecker. Now, we know that when you get hit in a bumper car, you realize, man, that I don't want to get hit again. I want to start doing the hitting. And so something shifted in me that day, ladies and gentlemen, where I went from the avoider to the wrecker. Because I was like, after I got hit, I was like, oh man, I'm going to lay the smack down on somebody else. And I spent the rest of the time trying to find as many people that I could collide with. And I want us to consider for a moment Some of the implications of the story that we just read, we're going to read it once again in Luke chapter 7, about a collision that takes place on the outskirts of a small town called Nain. Luke chapter 7, starting in verse 11, it says this, Afterward, he was on his way to a town called Nain, and his disciples 
and a large crowd. Can you say large crowd? That's important. Hang on to that. There was a large crowd with his disciples. They were traveling with him. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was also with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, don't weep. Then he came up and touched the open coffin and the pallbearers stopped and he said, young man, I tell you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear or awe came over everyone and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout Judea and all the vicinity. In these few verses, there's, there's three different collisions that I want you to take note of. One, there's a collision of crowds. Can you say crowds? There was a crowd that was traveling with Jesus. They've heard the signs. They've heard the miracles. There's a crowd journey with Jesus, but also there's a mother who at some point had lost her husband, and now she's lost her one and only son. And a funeral is taking place, and the tradition was a crowd would follow as this funeral procession is, is happening. And wouldn't you know that that day, there's two crowds that collide at the gate of this small city named Nain. What's interesting to note about these crowds is one crowd is gathered together because of the reality of death. But the other crowd is surrounded by the reality of life. There's a collision of crowds. But not only is there a collision of crowds, there's a collision of compassion. Because here's this woman who finds herself in a broken place. She's lost her husband. She's now lost her one and only son. Things are going from bad to worse. But the reality in her circumstance and her situation, she comes face to face and she collides with the compassion of Jesus. There's another collision that takes place that day. There's the collision of life. There's a collision of life. You see, a, a dead man is, is being carried out. This situation looks too far gone. There's, there's surely no hope left for this situation. But can I tell you, that dead man ended up colliding with the author of life, Jesus. See, this mother's only son is now dead. She's a widow. In that cultural context, that had some very serious implications. Consider a few of them. There's, there's financial implications. There's a sense of security in the implications there. The, what about the care that she would receive? Her only hope for care now is that the society that she's surrounded by would somehow step in and, and provide that care, provide the finances, provide that protection. And what about even the sense of identity that she's lost as a wife, as a mother? What's amazing to me about the collisions that are taking place here in this story is you watch Jesus do the unthinkable. 
He walks up and he speaks to this woman, but he doesn't stop there. He goes over and he, he touches the casket of a dead man. Now, according to Jewish law, he would have been instantly made unclean for a period of one day. And in fact, it's, it's one thing to touch the casket. It's another thing to, to touch the body, which would have made him unclean for an entire week. But something interesting takes place in this moment. You see, instead of that uncleanness influencing Jesus and impacting Jesus, did you know what happens? The influence goes the other direction. It wasn't the uncleanness that impacted Jesus. No, the life actually touched and transformed the very thing that was unclean and dead. Something shifted because of a collision. What does that mean for us today? Well, there's a few things that I want to draw our attention to this, this morning. Number one is this. There's, there's nothing greater than a collision with Jesus. Understand, in your life and my life, and I get it, some of us today, we are avoiders. We're like me on the bumper cars. Maybe, maybe you were drug here today. This is the one Mother's Day gift you gave your mom today. You're like, okay, I'll go to church. But if this Jesus thing comes up, man, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Some of us are avoiders, but, but understand, one of the greatest things we could ever experience in our lives is a collision with Jesus. There's nothing greater. Why? Because when your life collides with Jesus, you are literally colliding with hope. You are colliding with life. You are colliding with grace. You're, you're colliding with peace, but don't miss this. You are also colliding with change. And I think that's why at times, some of us, we, we want to avoid the collision with Jesus because it means that something might have to Change, but what if Jesus has something better than anything you've ever experienced? See, as I look at this story, I notice a few things. One, I notice this, that even in the crowds, Jesus sees you with clarity. Today, you're sitting in a crowd. Some of you, you're, you're watching with us online, and, and you say, well, well, who am I? Much like Kat shared earlier, who am I? I'm just another person. I'm just an individual. I don't know if God really sees me, and this story is a reminder to each, each and every one of us. God sees you even in the crowd, and he sees you with clarity. Hear that. Believe that. See, Jesus that day, he's, he's walking through this town. There's distractions all around him. Man, there's, there's people crying in the midst of this funeral procession. There's all the crowd around him and his disciples. And even in the midst of the distractions, even in the midst of the responsibilities, Jesus sees this woman with clarity. See, nothing is worse than being overlooked, especially at your point of greatest need. And some of us today, we felt the sting of being overlooked in life. But can I tell you, there's not been one day or one moment that Jesus has not seen you with clarity. And maybe today is the day where the collision is going to happen. Where because of his grace, everything's going to change. Everything's going to shift. You see, Jesus lets her know that he sees her. How do we know that? Because before he, he gets to the coffin, he walks up to her and he says two words, 
don't weep. Now, let's be honest. Those words can seem kind of callous and even insensitive unless he has the ability to do something about her circumstance. Because how rude and insensitive would it be to walk up to a woman who has lost her husband, now she's lost her one and only son, and said, you know what, don't cry about that. That's rude. That's insensitive. Unless he has the ability to change the circumstance. And Jesus looks at this woman and says, don't weep. I don't want you to miss this. Before Jesus deals with the problem, He sees the person. Notice that Jesus doesn't just bypass the woman and walk over to the coffin and and begin to speak to the dead man. Before he does that, he sees the individual. And you got to hear this today because some of you, you are convinced that maybe God sees other people, but he doesn't see you. Some of you, you're convinced that that God maybe loves other people, but he can't love somebody like me. But understand, before Jesus deals with the problem, he sees the person. He doesn't just see your need, he sees you. And he loves you. He's for you. And today, there's an opportunity for a compassion collision in your life. Another thing we learn from this story is what looks dead might not be done. What looks dead, it might not actually be done. And I get it, there might be things in your life that you look at them and you go, well, Tyler, it's too far gone. Tyler, my relationship, my career, my visions and my hopes, my dreams for the future, my, my finances, and you look at that circumstance and you go, things are too far gone. They're done. Tyler, they might as well be dead. But understand, our final word is not the same as Jesus' final word. And that's good news. That's good news. Why? Because this man, he may have been dead, but hear this. He wasn't in the ground yet. He was dead, but it wasn't yet buried. In other words, it's not yet done. That marriage might be down on the ground. It's been out cold for a long time. But can I tell you, even though it looks dead, it might not yet be done. Your hope for the future, you you might feel like, Tyler, there's nothing left. I don't know why I want to keep going forward. It might look dead, but can I tell you, because of Jesus, it doesn't have to be done. See, that day... This man who is dead and and the crowd, they had a collision with life. It changed everything. Can I ask you today, what, what is it that needs a collision with life for you today? Because even though it might look dead, maybe God's not yet done. Here's the third thing that I want us to recognize from this story today. The compassion of Jesus is so much more than just emotion. We read these words, Jesus sees this woman, he's aware of the circumstance, the crowds are colliding, and Jesus, it says this in the scripture, that he had compassion. He had compassion. And that's good news for some of us, because some of us, we, we read these stories and we wonder, well, 
yeah, maybe Jesus has some feelings, but I, I don't know if he, he's really compassionate like that. Understand, Jesus is not a robot. He's fully God, fully man. He has emotions. He has feelings. But his compassion, understand this, his compassion is more than just emotion. His compassion moved toward action. You see, this is why a collision with Jesus is so different. How many of us know there's times in our lives where all we want is some compassion. We want somebody to feel some emotion. We want somebody to feel sorry or, or give us some pity. And, and let's be honest, that helps us for a moment, doesn't it? Some of us in the last year, we probably looked around and we're like, man, doesn't anybody, can, can, can somebody just acknowledge that life is challenging for me right now? And at times people will walk up and say, man, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. Oh man, life must be. And that pity feels good for a moment, doesn't it? But here's the problem with receiving just pity or emotion from people. It actually does nothing to change my circumstance. And I'm thankful that the God of the universe, who's now clothed in humanity, his name is Jesus, he looks at the individual, and yes, he, he has compassion, but that compassion doesn't just stay at an emotional level. It moves him toward action. Action that brings about change. You see, a collision with Jesus is different. He does the unexpected. He does the unthinkable. He not only provided comfort for this woman, what did he do? He, he provided life for something that looked too far gone. Can I ask, where is it that you need a collision with the compassion of Jesus? And I get it, some of us today, we, we are the avoiders. We, we get in that bumper car and we're like, okay, oh, Jesus conversation, okay, go as far away as possible. We're, we're unsure because if we actually collide with Jesus, what, what has to change? What needs to adjust? What's, what's gonna look different? What might I lose? And friend, can I ask you to consider a far more important question? What is it that you will gain? What is it that you've been missing out on? What is it that Jesus wants to bring and usher into your life? Because he is the author of life. See, my hope and prayer for us today is that we would have a collision with Jesus. And understand, a once in a lifetime collision is not enough. Because some of us, we, we go back to that moment where we first collided with Jesus, but since then, Life's kind of adapted a new status quo. Has it been a while since you've collided with the grace of Jesus? It's been a while since you've collided with that hope. If, if it's been a while since you've had a collision, that, that awakening that kind of jolts you up and reminds you, you were once dead, but now you are alive in Christ. Friend, today is an opportunity to collide with his grace. So thankful that we have a God who doesn't make us chase him around, hoping to capture him. But, but understand, friends, much like that high school boy in that car, some of us, we're just a sitting duck today. 
And Jesus is waiting. He's ready to, to collide with you in the best way possible. It might shake your life up. You might walk out of this place different than the way you came, but can I tell you, it's one of the greatest gifts we could ever experience or ever receive. Why? Some of us today, we need to put our trust in what Jesus has already done for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Across this room, can I invite you to bow your heads with me? Those who are watching online, I want to encourage you to do the same. Why do we do that? Because I think there's something about shutting out the distractions, focusing. Because there's some of us today, we, we look at the circumstances in life, we, we look at the crowds that we find ourselves in, and we wonder, God, do you even see me? And I'm here to tell you today, Jesus sees you, and he not only sees you, he sees you with clarity. There's some of us, we look at the hope to be made new, and we say, well, well, things are too far gone, Tyler, in my life. The, the decisions that I've made, the choices that I've made, there's no way that God would want someone like me, and I'm here to remind you, listen, you're not in the ground yet. Even though things may look dead, the reality is God's not done. Others of you today, you need to be reminded that Jesus not only has compassion for you, but he has compassion that moves him toward action. Today, maybe the greatest decision you could make is simply allow his love to collide with you right where you're at today. If that's your desire, here's what I'm gonna invite us to do. I'm gonna ask all of us as Life Center to pray this prayer together because we're gonna agree with those who are maybe praying this prayer for the very first time. See, some of us today, we're gonna to make the decision to allow his grace to collide with our lives, allow his forgiveness to collide with us, allow his compassion to collide with us, and believing that because of that, our lives will never be the same. Come on, can you pray these words with me today? Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. I put my trust in you. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new creation and help me to follow you every day of my life. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. Can we celebrate those who are making that decision today?